husband, David, this week as we chat about communication. We share some of the most common communication mistakes made in relationships, digging into how our bad communication habits can hurt the ones we love while preventing us from being heard and understood. We share some of our own experiences, including what we've learned and how we still need to grow. We're here to champion honest and direct communication that seeks to grow healthier relationships. Thanks for being here. Hi, I'm Becky, the host of the Girl on a Hill podcast, where we encourage you to stop hiding, start shining, and to be the woman you were created to be. You can download Girl on a Hill podcast on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and now let's head to the hill. Hey, welcome to Girl on Hill. I have David with me this week. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. But, it's um, Fat Albert. Oh, boy. Hey, hey, hey. Anyway, um, I actually am really appreciative that you're here. It's kind of a crazy week for our family. So uh, I'm, I thank you for taking the time. Mm-hmm. Come out to our garage, our home studio, mm-hmm. yep, and do this with me. Uh, so I knew I wanted to spend February talking about relationship-oriented topics. So you brought in the expert, <laughs> one who knows right. everything about relationships. Right, uh-huh. right, right. But the, the first two that jumped to mind when I was kind of outlining were communication and conflict. But then as I started to study, I realized just how closely those two things are connected and that I think a lot of our conflict stems from poor communication. And I don't necessarily mean us. I mean, you didn't say anything about talking about conflict in general. It's mostly about communication. And, but how as a, we don't know how to communicate anymore and therefore we have more conflict because we're not communicating well or clearly or honestly. Like you and me, we like or, society okay yes <laughs> and you and me because we're people um so everybody knows they like definitions uh definition of communication which you at home you knew i was going to do it mm-hmm. um the successful i think successful is real key here mm-hmm. the successful conveying or sharing of ideas and feelings or essentially i've told you what i'm thinking and feeling and you have understood what i'm thinking and feeling so I say some words and things, mm-hmm. and you comprehend what yes. I have said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just communicated. We just communicated right there. <laughs> You're welcome. Tune in next week. I was just thinking about the interfacing thing with Ross. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Friends has gone through my mind multiple times so far in this episode. Um, but like we're struggling as a culture, and that's not a surprise. So I looked into polls and surveys, and you love mm-hmm. all that stuff, so mm-hmm. you might like this. So a survey taken just last year showed that the preferred method of communication, what do you think it was? Texting. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. It was texting. And that came in at 37% of the people surveyed said texting was their favorite way to communicate. Mm-hmm. That's not a surprise right? at all. But And then when combined with other messaging apps like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, mm-hmm. uh, textile communication made up 50% mm. of people's preferred way to communicate. Yep. So, and 23 billion texts are sent every day. That's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. 23 billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another poll showed that 75% of millennials would rather text than talk. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it includes... <laughs> Not I'm, all, I'm, though. I'm on the cusp but... of, of 
millennial, but they put my birth year in that one. And I, most of the time, mm-hmm. yes. There's one millennial, millennial I'm thinking of that refuses to text and always calls. But mm. Sydney also really likes talking on the phone. Well, a lot. She's, she's extroverted. extroverted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure extroverted people probably like yes, like the phone the and phone in, person. in person. Yeah. Um. So here were some of the reasons uh, millennials gave for preferring texting to actual speaking. Mm-hmm. Um. I can text you on my schedule, so basically texting is more convenient. Mm-hmm. Um. It's less disruptive, mm-hmm. and it takes less time. Yep. But then and- I started thinking. Real relationships aren't any of those things. Right. But you can also be more, you can, it's sometimes easier to communicate clearly on text than it is talking because you you can think about what you're saying and typing. Oh, right. It gives you revise. process time, response yeah. time. Well, that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. But that and just my general hermitude. Mm-hmm. But like. Hermitude? Yeah. Is that a shirt? It should be. <laughs> um. But like relationship with it with a friend or with a romantic partner is isn't convenient. It's disruptive. Mm-hmm. Don't you get don't you holler too hard now? Mm-hmm. And it takes time. Mm-hmm. Stop. So naturally, communi- because communication has changed so radically, I think that's why many of us aren't all that great at communication because we don't talk anymore. Right. We, we don't. And I've seen that. We've talked about that with our kids. Like teenagers today don't they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to talk. Um, We've been sitting on the couch of communication. Yeah. It's, so what we're doing today is I, we're just going through a list. Um, and this is such a nerdy thing. Like a ch- like a task list? Like sort of. To do? But at first I was writing and I went, so we're going to go through a laundry list. And then I did a deep dive about what does laundry list mean and why do we say that? Do you know why? No. Okay. This is just the nerd in me. <laughs> but you know, the office ladies do that and they have listeners. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Laundry list. It was when you sent your laundry to like a professional laundering service and you had to include a list of what you were sending over to make sure you got it all back and to make sure they washed what you paid for. Hmm. But this seemed foreign to me, like who has a laundry service? Yeah. Or the time to write down. Yeah. Not a lot. No. It's faster just to do it than to make the list. Maybe if you live in like a big high, you know, sky rise and you don't have a family no you don't have like a washer and dryer anywhere in the building so you have to send it to someone i guess or with me just with four kids and the amount of Mm -hmm. just no anyway i think you should start writing down everything about every piece of clothing that needs to be cleaned no thank you so we're going to go through a laundry list of communication mistakes pitfalls if you will um that really trip up relationships um and now of course i'm talking about these with my husband so our perspective is going to be a little skewed towards you know, a marriage communication, but these mm-hmm. can occur in friendships in the workplace with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying we have all of these pitfalls. Okay. These are just really common and kind of the most common as I did my study. Okay. So there's no trap. Okay. <laughs> I'm not Admiral Akbaring you. Okay. Number one, not being truthful. Now, this one's loaded. He's just looking at me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously lying. We talked about that in the abuse episode. Like lying is a big red flag. And so you obviously shouldn't be lying. That's a communication Mm -hmm. issue for sure. But it's way more than that. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I have a few examples here that might hit for you because you're like, well, I'm not a liar. I know my spouse isn't lying, but Mm -hmm. here we go. Minimizing or sensationalizing your feelings about something. 
and he <laughs> wants to say something. Okay, I do know I sensationalize. Check back later this spring for our episode on overreactions. Um, <laughs> Catastrophizing. Yeah, but that's a thing. So if you're more upset about something and you hold that back, that's essentially a mistruth because you are not communicating the extent of your feelings about it. Or if you're making something a way bigger deal than it really is to manipulate or make someone feel badly. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, this one, um, I don't know anything about this one. <laughs> Uh, being passive aggressive. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like that's going to be my response for this episode. Is mm-hmm. so yeah. anyway. Um, I know a lot of wow. other people struggle with this, but it's. I mean, honestly, that's a form of not being truthful. Is what being passive aggressive is. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a way to say what you want to say without saying it. What if we just learned to be direct? Mm-hmm. What if I just learned to be direct? Yeah, it'll kind of do away with some of the drama that's not right? like, instead of adding a layer of drama, it's just, oh. Just saying. Just, just say that saying thing and just kind of skip the extra step yeah. of dramatization. But I mean, this is something we need to work on. Like, help your kids be direct today, too. I did this with my daughter. She's got a fish tank. And she came down and said, would you, would you like to come upstairs and see my new bubbler? I'm like, say what you mean. I want you to come upstairs and see my bubble. I'm like, there you go. But like, just say, start small. Say what you mm-hmm. mean. Don't tiptoe around. I'm worried they're not going to. Just say what you mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards that end, um, sarcasm can mm-hmm. also be a form of passive aggressive, not truthful. And we mask a lot of hurt feelings and criticisms and things that bother us. I used sarcasm. to use a lot of sarcasm. I don't know if I do anymore. Haven't I haven't, but I actually haven't stopped to think about my communication to know what mm-hmm. I'm doing. So I'm not sure. I think it's better. Honestly, I think all that got better when we turned the news off. So it's negativity, I think kind of breeds sarcasm. I don't know. This one is important. And I know a lot of uh, women out there will need to hear this one. I think I'm getting better at this. I don't know. Saying something you don't mean. Now, this can be as simple as saying, okay, or I don't care. Like, where, sh- where should we go out to eat tonight? I don't care. Anything's fine. <laughs> Did Hannah send you the memes? No, I don't know. So there's, there's a meme in the batch of memes that she sent me uh, for meme, next meme roundup. And one of them was about... Uh, why why women have a hard time saying where they want to go to eat mm-hmm. because the first time they did it, it ended up with like the destruction of all humanity because mm. they chose wrong. Chose so now there's the apple. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, I don't think we can blame Eve in the Garden of Eden <laughs> for this. I think it's just it's just one of those things where I think women are people pleasers and afraid to be forthcoming and direct and let's just learn to say and maybe that later i mean that's my next one is mind reading but where we expect you to know what we want or to magically get the right answer and if you guess right you love us more some ridiculous it's a test but like if you say what you want you get what you want so anyway if your husband asks you where do you want to go for dinner and you want to go to the mexican restaurant say that Mm -hmm. it helps it because then the guy doesn't have to play 20 questions and try to guess all the restaurants Or you in town. don't have to sit and be resentful when you're eating Thai food when you really wanted Mexican food. We go to a lot of Thai restaurants. Well, other people do. <laughs> I was trying to be, you know, 
for the community. Cultured. Yes. Relevant. My parents took me to a Thai restaurant once when I was nine. I wouldn't eat anything on the menu. They brought me a bowl of like the nasty, soggy rice noodles, and I wouldn't even eat those. <laughs> I think they took me to the McDonald's drive through afterwards, and they apologized profusely to the waiter. Anyway, please don't take me to Thai there. I'm yeah. saying what I mean. <laughs> I never want to go there. Um, this was when, and this, this, my other example happened early on for us, where I said, I wrote, you don't need to get me a gift. We're not going to do presents. <laughs> Right. Yeah. If There's you, not a core memory in our relationship around that them idea. To give you a gift for like for an anniversary an, or something. Mm, right. Or Valentine's Day or whatever it is for you in your marriage, say that. And if you're going to get them an extravagant <laughs> gift and then tell them <laughs> that they're not supposed to get you a gift and then get mad because they <sighs> did what you said, you might need to revisit this This is like this Friends one. Again, too, where I bought him a $500 watch. And he wrote me a rap song. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. This may or may not have happened to us. Maybe. Maybe. maybe not, I don't may, know. Yeah. Maybe other people. Mm-hmm. It's um, sitting right there, by the way. I, bu- I bought him a Buckeyes helmet that had been worn in an actual game. Anyway. Okay. This is also, I put a side note because this is communication that's not just between uh, partners. Mm-hmm. This can be uh, with parenting. I put as a, like saying no to a child when you don't really mean it. Oh, like you're going to let them get away with it or let them do something? No, no. Oh. No, no, honey. Like you don't mean no and your tone tells them you don't mean no. Mm. Or when you do the empty threats. If you don't clean up this room, we are not going on our vacation. Mm-hmm. Well, you're obviously not going to cancel your vacation. So don't say that. Say what you mean mm-hmm. and mean what you say. Mm-hmm. Moving on, mind reading. I'm really good at this one. Are you? Yep. I've learned a lot over the years about how to read minds. Have you? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. 47. I wasn't thinking about oh, a number. Um, but there's two facets to this. One, expecting your partner to read your mind, mm-hmm. which happens a lot because I don't know why in our heads we make that. Because if you love me, you'll just know what I need or what I want or what I'm thinking. Or that it's more romantic. And let me just, again, men aren't great at at subtlety and hints and the clues. They Just tell them. Just tell them. Clarity is amazing. And then you get what you want and know they didn't magically know that you wanted a picnic in the field. But then you get the picnic in the field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But this other facet of mind reading is assuming that you can read their mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we're really bad at giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think we assume the worst of we what they're thinking. We don't give people the benefit right. of the yeah, doubt. Right, we're yeah. bad at doing yeah. that. And so we assume we know that they're thinking terribly of me or that... They're mad. They're, yes. they're upset. When they, they might be upset, but it likely has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or they're just tired. Yeah. And not upset about anything. Mm-hmm. I do this a lot. He he deep sighs quite a bit. And every time he does it, famously, like, what's wrong? What is it now? I oh, wanted no. some oxygen. They, and my daughter teases me about it too. Like every time I need to put a dollar in that, are you okay jar? We would have a lot we of money. We would have a ton of money. We could go to Disneyland and every month. get a month. dollar at least every day. Yeah. No, but I don't think we get to go to Disneyland because that's your reward. <laughs> so. I would ask like 400 times a day. Okay. This one I added last minute because I think it's important. Um, expecting the person you're trying to communicate with to behave like you or to communicate the same way you do. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so I put like. So if your partner is a quiet person and doesn't use a whole lot of words, mm-hmm. and you're expecting them to use a lot of words and communicate profusely. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly mm-hmm. that. Your communication styles might be different. How like how much you like talking mm-hmm. might be different. When you like talking, uh, I put your feelings about feelings yeah, may be I'm, different. I don't have a lot of words in the morning. Yeah, oh, I, I have that later about timing, but or at or at bedtime. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's not the great, not a great time to try to talk to me for anyone, any human on the planet. Like if you try to talk to me, I'm just not going to have a lot to say. We'll get there during those moments. But yeah, time. it's big. But like, I I knew somebody who was going to get wanted to divorce their husband because he wasn't talking about his feelings every day. Hmm. Like, well, he's a dude, but you two might you just have different feelings about feelings. <laughs> and it's, maybe he just doesn't have as many feelings as you have. Yeah, or the way you process. It's probably going to be different. How much time you need to process, how direct you are, your feelings about nuance, all and of that. And that goes back to different. the mind reading thing. Like, right. You're assuming there's something in there that they need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So just whoever you're talking to isn't going to communicate like you do because they're not you. Mm-hmm. So you have to cut people a little bit of slack. Okay. This one I think is a bad, bad thing. These are all not great. Only talking when things get bad, mm-hmm. like real bad. Um, so most of us don't like conflict. I'm very conflict averse. Mm-hmm. Um, so to avoid conflict at all costs, we'll usually not bring up issues when they're small or new or easily fixable. Mm-hmm. We wait. Let the snowball roll down the hill a little bit. Uh-huh. And then by the time we bring it up, it's when we're exploding. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much resentment and anger behind it, and now you're just screaming, and it's no longer easily fixable. Mm-hmm. And the other person may not even know that it was ever there was ever an issue, right? Until it's mm-hmm. yeah, until you're screaming at them. Mm-hmm. Because and you could have had this conversation when it was just a little thing. Oh, it kind of bothers me a little bit when. And you just keep stuffing it down, stuffing yes. it down, stuffing it down, and never talking about it, mm-hmm. and then it just builds. Yeah, builds and builds and builds. It's like like a stick of dynamite. Mm-hmm. I put here like just. Pressure cooker. I've been talking to... It's a better example. I'm talking to... Like, I want to talk to teenage girls so they can fix some of these things before they become messed up adults like me. But don't store it up and don't be afraid to be that girl, in quotations, the girl that brings up something that bothers you. I put, you're not annoying for sharing your feelings. It's usually the way it's communicated that can be the problem. If you bring things up in a respectful way, in a calm way, that's different than bringing it up in a rude or mean way. So don't be afraid to be that girl that has a problem. Anyway, I just want girls like my daughter who don't bring (laughs) up their issues to hear that. Okay, so these are all, there's a whole list of things for specifically how we communicate when we're in conflict. Okay. Because it's going to happen. You're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Not that David and I have ever had a fight. No. No. Never. Mm. This is new to us mm-hmm. in almost 20 years mm-hmm. of marriage. Right? Um, okay. So the first is anger. Obviously, that's a really big one. And <laughs> I just, like... <laughs> the, I just... The picture that came to mind was uh, Mel Gibson and Signs where he like runs around the house. I'm <laughs> boiling with anger. <laughs> Because yeah. his brother said yeah. to use profanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Sorry. Um, no, hey. Uh, so 
to just understand we are usually lashing out in anger because we're afraid or because we're hurting. And those things usually need a voice. Like if you are afraid or if you're in pain, you want those things to be given a voice. You want to be heard. But I don't know, David, do you find it easy to listen to someone who is screaming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really calming and soothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a babbling brook and, you know, gentle breeze. You just breeze. tune right in to mm-hmm. their, like, tell mm-hmm. me more. Yes. Person screaming mm-hmm. at me or weirdo on the sidewalk with the mega horn. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to listen to you. Yep. No. And then does it get better when like, um, they're accusing you of things or insulting you or swearing? Yeah. Cause, cause I, I everybody loves that. Yeah. Feel, yeah. I feel a lot better about myself. Mm-hmm. Makes me really want to tune in when people are swearing at me mm-hmm. or telling me I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Tell so, me more. Tell me more. Right. <laughs> what is our deal with pop culture today? <laughs> um, but I was thinking, you know, when our kids are loud, we tune them out. Mm-hmm. Not even when they're being naughty. If they're just being loud. I or don't we want shut to, the door to the upstairs. Yeah, I don't want to listen mm-hmm. when someone's being loud. And I put when I'm actually talking to my preschoolers, I, I teach preschoolers every week. When I want them to listen to me, I whisper. And then they immediately stop talking and lean in to hang on what I'm saying. Because they don't want to miss out. So I don't know why we think when we have something really important, like something like our feelings matter, your feelings are valid. But when we're in pain or afraid, we think the best way to communicate that with someone who loves Rage. us is to scream. Yeah. Why? Yeah. We've got to temper that. We've got to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I, Get it? I, me and Wreck-It Ralph. My anger bubble is very near the surface, so you got to figure, gotta figure That's it out. what he says. Yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> my anger bubble is very near the yeah. surface. Um, I didn't like this one at all. This one hurt my feelings. Um, when you fight to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go so well. It's not good. And I, I liked and hated this quote I found, and I'm sorry I didn't credit it, but it's this isn't me. If you win a fight, the relationship loses. Mm-hmm. And I'd never, ever, ever thought about it that way. If you're fighting to win, that means your partner is going to be the loser. Mm-hmm. You're wanting them to mm-hmm. lose. So you're putting yourself against the, against the partner. Yeah, and then it's not about coming to an understanding or listening and hearing each other out. Mm-hmm. It's just about me. I put, this is so cheesy, but cheese tastes good. Think like a we, not a me. Mm-hmm. So how can we... Win, win, win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael Scott it and just mm-hmm. win, win, win. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Um, This one is like your biggest pet peeve is interrupting. Yeah, because so I'm what? a slow communicator. <laughs> Sorry, I it. <laughs> it takes me a while sometimes to not to formulate a thought and then actually put it into words mm-hmm. in a way that's clear and makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm right in the middle of trying to think of a way to say something and I'm in the process of saying it and then get cut off, then like you've just interrupted all of that effort and it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just not a nice thing to do mm-hmm. to anybody. I wrote down here, when you interrupt somebody, uh, what you're basically saying is what I have to say is more important to me than how you are feeling, what you are thinking or what you need to say. Mm-hmm. It's interrupting as I matter more than you. And that stinks. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I interrupt you. It's a good way to win arguments, though. Well, like, yeah, it's how to win. Fight yeah. to win. Because if the other person can't ever get a thought out, mm-hmm. a complete thought, then... They'll just give up. And- well, yeah, you're just going to shut them down. Mm-hmm. And what is what is the point? Because mm-hmm. then you're also probably screaming and saying rude things in anger. Mm-hmm. Um, next, attacking character rather than behavior. Mm-hmm. So 
the uh, the example I wrote down, and this is again, you're going to think this is personal. It's not. It was the example on the internet. Um, I'm frustrated. Instead of saying, I'm frustrated you didn't mow the lawn this weekend when you said you would. Did I say I was going to mow the lawn? No, this is, I told you, this isn't oh. personal. It's an example. I didn't want you to think it's winter. Um, so you should say. Like, People across the street from the church today were mowing the lawn. At the funeral home? No, at the apartment complex. All right. <laughs> it's like it's cold February. and rainy and the grass hasn't grown in months, but okay, yeah. Cool. Good for them. Yep. Um, so anyway, you should say, I'm frustrated you didn't mow the lawn when you said you were going to mm-hmm. versus what would normally come out of most people's mouths is you never do anything to help me around here. You're telling me a lot. Like you're, you're lazy. Like you're a liar. Instead of just saying, because that's attacking character. Mm-hmm. Never do anything. You're lazy versus it kind of bothers me that you said you were going to do this and you didn't do it. Always and never aren't really great. No, never superlatives. How yeah. did I just said never superlatives? <laughs> never use superlatives ever. <laughs> Should always never use superlatives. Um, okay. Keeping a record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. That's That feels like something in the Bible somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About what love is. Mm-hmm. And I put, if you're still throwing it at them five years after it happened, like, did you ever really forgive them? Mm-hmm. Are you still packing that around? And mm-hmm. you should look up those. Those are some fun teachings about if you don't forgive other people. Mm-hmm. Look that up if you They're want to get smacked soft, in the face. Gentle. Mm, people really are comfortable with those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this one either. Um, making your partner responsible for your emotions during a conflict. Um, so what it said was you can't throw your feelings at someone else and make them take responsibility for them. So even if you're very emotional and you're very upset... It isn't your job to manage my emotions. It's my job. Well, and, and like when, if like, if you're going through something and, or we're like, we're both going through something to expect me to manage your emotions Mm -hmm. and And my emotions Mm -hmm. isn't really. That's not to say that you can't lean on each other for support, Mm -hmm. but it's, you can't, it's too much. It's too big. We've talked about that before. Like you, you can't rely on your spouse to be your happiness for you or to be your peace. It's too big of a burden. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have to manage yourself, share your feelings, mm-hmm. ask for support. It's not their job. Be honest. Um, not talking about the real issue. So I put here like realize when you're bickering, like when you're small fighting, that it's usually about something underneath that. Mm-hmm. So I put, okay, so if you're saying I'm upset, my spouse is gone a couple nights a week, not that... This has been an issue mm-hmm. for me. The real issue is likely I'm feeling burnt out and without margin, and I'm jealous that you get to leave the house and I have to stay here is really the underneath, not so much the you're out a couple nights a week. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I remember now, like when I was a kid, um, my mom got really upset at the, she came home from the store and started like crying because we didn't buy paper towels. And I remember at the time, like as an eight year old thinking like, what in the heck is wrong with my mom? Like going in and being like, mom, it's paper towels. Mm-hmm. What is wrong? And it wasn't, I mean, that stuck with me. And then it wasn't until I was probably, you know, 35 where one day I went, it was not about the paper towels. Mm-hmm. Like that had nothing to do with that. So mom, I'm sorry. I get it. It's not like, about the nail. Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Anyway, but you know what I mean? Like usually we're, we're snap, it's, we're snapping at the straw. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the, all the other stuff you're carrying. So figure out what it is underneath mm-hmm. that you're actually mad about. And the last one is just for conflict fighting is the belief that more words means better. 
Mm -hmm. I just keep yammering. And that's a bad communication (laughs) (laughs) as everyone's thinking of their one friend that just Mm -hmm. won't shut up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If no one else in the room has talked for a long time, (sighs) if your mouth is dry, (laughs) if you have to like keep getting more and more water, Mm -hmm. that'd be a good, good sign to just kind of slow down a little bit, Mm -hmm. take a breath, give someone else a chance to say Mm -hmm. something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to wrap up, I just have a couple more. And one you touched on is, and now we're moving out of conflict. Mm. Just another bad communication is bad timing. So when are your best conversations? When are mine? Yeah. I don't know. Probably in the middle of the day. Yeah. You are the afternoon pigeon mm-hmm. for sure. I don't think pigeon is a very kind choice. <laughs> I didn't pick it. The internet did. It's like night owl or morning lark or something. It's, like, it's just early bird. I mean, that's just like nondescript. The, it's an afternoon so pigeon. So what am I? I'm just a nothing, though. I'm just a general. It's like the despised lobby. animal that leaves hey, presence on everybody's Bert windshields. Bert from Sesame Street loved pigeons. He loved Bernice. Mm. Good for Bert. Okay. Anyway, so that's important, like to know when your best, the person you want to talk to when they're mm-hmm. at their best. And then I put, when is the worst time for me to try to have an important talk with you? Mm-hmm. And you. Mm. Kind of said. Yep. First thing in the morning or last thing in the evening or even not just last thing, but later in the evening. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that lately those are when those things seem to come up, like with the kids, like, oh, we have to solve this now at 10. Good night's sleep can do so much Mm -hmm. for communication. Yeah. That's like that whole, like, don't go to bed angry thing. No, go to bed angry. Yeah, sometimes I think it's better to go to bed angry mm-hmm. and get up after a good night's sleep. And, 100%. And, get, and have a calm conversation. Yeah. And you might not even need it the next day once you wake up, but. Yeah, that's literally, I wrote, like, when I'm tired, the worst time to try to talk to me is when I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Or when I have, like, additional stress going on. Or when I haven't had enough time to process whatever it is mm-hmm. you want to talk to me about. I put two, like when I don't get the time to process, like not giving myself time to go to bed or just step away for a minute, I'm only going to be reactionary and you're only going to get my red zone emotions, not my actual thoughts. I don't mm-hmm. know what my actual thoughts are because I'm just in the hot zone. Oh, and so many cool things happen in your mind overnight that can't happen when you're tired. That's why you need to sleep. And your brain can actually process a lot of information while you're sleeping and you can wake up with a whole new approach. Yeah. It's really good. So do that and don't just know who you're talking to and don't come at them at the worst <laughs> mm-hmm. possible second. Um, and at the same time, you have to make time for it. Like you can't just, if if your best time is a time when you're not around, then you need to find time to have time Yeah. for that conversation. Or prepare yourself for having it when it's mm-hmm. not ideal, but you've at least pre- mentally yeah. prepared so you know you're going to have it. Yeah, that's good. The last one I just think is really important. This this one is real strictly uh, relationship related. And it's just something I feel passionately about because I see it happening to friends. And I... Is it seeing your feelings? <laughs> no. No. Oh. I don't endorse okay. that. I'm so passionate about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, I put it's when you and your spouse either move into roommate mode or co-parent mode. And when all you talk about together is business related or kid related. And I see it happen a lot. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. even just little things like we're out of milk. Mm -hmm. Billy's struggling with math. I need you to rake the leaves. And it's just 
operating expenses. You're just roommates or you're just parents. Mm -hmm. And I see it happen so often. I mean, and of course it will happen once in a while. Like we've had those dates where you go out and everyone agrees not to talk about the kids and then you're just staring at at each other awkwardly. Mm -hmm. Like, so, (laughs) but you have to fight through that Mm -hmm. because here David and I are, you know, I say we're nearing the end and we still, I mean, we still have time, but you know, we're getting to the point now where it's kids are going to be going to college and moving out Mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. And they're going to be gone and we're going to be here. And do not approve of your words. Well, you don't approve of the truth. No. Well, it is what it is, friend. But, uh, you know, I'm going to still have you Mm -hmm. and I want to know you Mm -hmm. when they're not here. So I'm saying you need to actually talk to your spouse mm-hmm. um, about their dreams and their plans and what they like to do. And their int- even if you don't care at all about their interests, listen to them talk about it because it matters mm-hmm. to them. You have to know them as a person. Mm-hmm. Have to. You picked them. At one point, you stood in front of people and said you loved them. So get to know them. And probably some of their interests have been the same since you got to know them. So Well, and other things, I mean, like, they're probably a slightly different person. Mm-hmm. You know, they've grown and changed. And so figure out who this new person is. And that's a good thing. And yeah, mm-hmm. morph together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it just makes me sad when I see that happening. Yeah. But it's not insurmountable. You can come back from that. Well, yeah, you can get You're, to know people. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure there's probably even books out there, whole approaches and strategies for getting to know your spouse after mm-hmm. the kids have flown the coop or something like that. And some kind of fun. And I'm title. a big advocate for, for dating your spouse too. Mm-hmm. We, we saw, I had a friend now we can't do this because I don't know how she's doing this, but where they're going on 52 dates this year, that mm-hmm. was their, her resolution or her goal. And I thought, okay, well that we're not there. No. But then David and I thought, well, we could probably do 12. Mm-hmm. We could do a one. We could do once a month. At least once a month. Yeah. And I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Go. You, your kids will be fine. You can find someone that can watch them. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything on the calendar for February? Well, we went out with, with another couple. Oh. I'd count that. That was okay. a double date. All right. We were out without the kids. I didn't cook the dinner. Mm-hmm. Found a secret room. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I got. All right. But I just, uh, communication and conflict is important. Mm-hmm. Now, stay with us because next week, like the mother of all series is coming back. We were talking about it at dinner last night, me and the girls, and every, we're all like both excited and filled with dread because we knew what the last one did to us. But we are bringing back spring cleaning. It's going to be eight dun, weeks. Dun, dun. Spring cleaning of the heart and mind part two. Ooh, these topics are going to kick you in the fanny because they are kicking mine as I'm studying. Um, but that's the point, right? Like, mm-hmm. Let's get rid of it. Let's get better. So anyway, s- stick with us for the next eight weeks. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for being here, David. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's go watch Chuck. All right. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Girl in a Hill podcast. Please help us out by sharing the podcast with your friends, connecting with us on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We're here to climb the hill with you as we all work to stop hiding, start shining, and be the women we were created to be. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.